what motivates the anti-immigrant movement. For some, what they say in public and what they say behind closed doors are two very different things. Now, a brand new political party is saying, we're not racist, we're not even anti-immigrant, we just want sensible policies. But the conversations its supporters are having in private tell a very different story. This is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Aideen Finnegan. Today, racist rhetoric, anger and threats of violence. Inside the private messaging group of Ireland's newest political party. Conor Gallagher is crime and security correspondent with the Irish Times. Conor, last month an official title, the Oireachtas Registrar of Political Parties, let it be known that there's a new political party in Ireland now officially registered. What's this new party called and who's behind it? The latest political party on the Irish scene is Ireland First. What this means is that this party has presented a list of 300 names, which it says are members, It's registered a name which is not offensive or obscene or too similar to another party's name. Um, And it's got a basic constitution and accounting officers. So it's quite a low bar. But nevertheless, it's not every day that a new political party is set up in Ireland. So Ireland First is set up by Derek Bly, who listeners might have heard of. Bly has been making a name for himself over the last year as, as the forefront of anti-immigration protests around the country. He's been travelling around under the banner of Ireland First, organising protests, documenting protests, interviewing people, and generally riling things up. He's a pretty skillful user of social media and has managed to garner a fairly large following. And he's very, very active. Sometimes he goes to multiple protests in a day. But now it seems he wants to channel that energy and that following into a political party. Mm, okay, so you, you mentioned Derek Bly there. He's been a visible presence at the anti-immigration protests that we've seen taking place around the country. Indeed, we spoke to Jennifer O'Connell recently on In the News about her covering the Lismore protests and him turning up at that and, and protesters maybe trying to distance themselves a little bit from him. Now, he and his followers, I suppose you could call them, have, a, have registered as a political party. Do we know anything about their intentions in electoral politics? Yeah, I got hold of some communications uh, between the Ireland First leadership and their members. And they're specifically looking for candidates to run in both the national and local elections. And they've also been distributing documents, leaflets and um, pamphlets and things like that to their members, um, asking them to hand them out to their friends and family and, and others. And these range from very conspiratorial stuff regarding COVID. For example, they claim the World Health Organization is going to have the power to take over Ireland uh, in the event of another pandemic. Okay, so it's fair to say now the party is mainly concerned with immigration. What exactly are its policies on immigration? Yeah, I think it'd be reasonable to say that the party is a single issue party with that other stuff around COVID, abortion, etc. being window dressing. In its policy documents that it hands out, many of its policies might be seen by the general public as perhaps conservative, rather than kind of on the extreme right. So it tries to take a tactful line on immigration. So they say like immigration and refugees should be permitted uh, in a controlled manner. It says it's not anti-immigration and and that as humans, it's our moral obligation to help those fleeing a war. And it says this has nothing to do with prejudice. It's just that Ireland doesn't have the resources currently to meet the current high demand for refugee uh, accommodation. And it treads a similarly 
careful line when it talks about matters like LGBT and, and trans issues being taught in schools. It says it's not anti-LGBT, it's not anti-trans, but it has concerns about how these issues are taught in schools. The, this whole insistence that they're not anti-immigrant has nothing to do with prejudice. Like, how seriously can we take that? Well, I gained access to a private members-only Telegram group for Ireland First members. And this is a group with a good deal of privacy surrounding it. For example, it doesn't show up when you search for it on, on Telegram. You have to receive a link to be invited. You're not even allowed to copy and paste things out of the group or share things out of the group. So I've gone through thousands of messages shared in this group over the last uh, month or so. And that really paints a much, much darker picture of party members' priorities uh, than is illustrated in the, the party literature. So there's 142 people uh, in this group. A lot of the conversation displays really overt racism, homophobia, sometimes anti-Semitism, and occasionally calls for violence against their enemies. And these calls for violence would range from, you know, they would no doubt defend it as kind of a joke or whatever, to calls for men and arms, uh, you know, to fight back against, you know, the authorities, the, the left, the refugees, whoever, you know. What's also interesting is there's no evidence of, of these uh, views or, or comments attracting sanction or criticism from the party's leadership, and including Derek Bly, who is a member in the group and who posts in it from time to time. So the people kind of have a, a free reign to discuss these matters and feel very unguarded due to the private nature of the group to discuss their views. I'm almost afraid to ask, but it is important to know what what is being said. So a lot of it's concerned strategy, you know, organising protests and meetings, you know, the bread and butter of uh, probably many political party groups around the country. But there was a lot of focus on how to get the message out in social media. So, for example, there was a discussion about how to get keywords trending and how to use kind of memes and jokes to play down the idea that there's a far-right problem in Ireland. But then, you know, in the same group, they will talk about asylum seekers as scumbags, Ukrainian refugees as invading curse word. One gentleman who stands out even amongst that racism about people coming from Africa references to the jungle and, and them being animals. Tommy Robinson, the, the kind of far-right extremist who was over in Ireland last month, caused quite a bit of division in the Irish kind of far-right uh, ecosystem because he he was kind of seen as possibly splintering the Irish movement because he was so divisive. But, you know, so for, for at least one of the people in this uh, Ireland First members group, their main problem was that they claimed he was Jewish. There's another one, it's a post shared in the group, bemoaning the fact that there is a German fashion magazine and, and many of the models in it are black and very, very angry about this. And at the bottom it just says, Hitler did nothing wrong. And again, no criticism, no pushback from, from, from other members. Yeah, that's very telling. Hitler did nothing wrong because, you know, often people get ridiculed for liking this rhetoric to Nazism. But there they, they said the quiet part out loud. Also on the group, Connor, I know there's been some discussion about how to respond to counter protesters who support welcoming asylum seekers into communities and how to respond in particular to some of the celebrity endorsements that counter protesters have got from Christy Moore, for example. Yeah, so... 
there's a huge amount of anger towards the kind of the counter-protest movement, which has been growing over the last month or two in response to these anti-immigration protests. Obviously, a big one was uh, last month, the city centre, where many thousands of people gather in the city centre. It's kind of a part of a solidarity march, and uh, there was music, and there was various people playing and speaking on the stage. And the group, the members of the group, were, were livid about this. I mean, there was the usual talk that these were all paid by the government to be there, that they were all members of uh, NGOs, non-governmental organisations, who they also hate. Then, there, you know, it gets a lot darker as well, like there's pictures of some of the protesters, you know, the people at the Solidarity March, the really kind of horrible things said underneath them, you know, really homophobic or, or, or racist things said about them. Christy Moore, the you know well-known singer, he uh, played at the at the Solidarity March, and he came in for a lot of scorn as well. Christy Moore has a long history, obviously, of uh, solidarity with minorities and travelling community and yeah. asylum seekers. But they were really angry that he played. And with one woman um, called him a traitor, she uh, thought about maybe she could get Brendan Gleeson to come to their side and come to their events as kind of a counterweight. So, you know, having a famous Irish actor on their side might be a way to respond to Christy Moore being on the other side because it's a very much an us versus them attitude in this group. So this woman says she's uh, reached out to Brendan Gleeson on Instagram and... Um, was asking him to come along. He's not on Instagram, sure Yeah, yeah I, I should make that clear from the start. Brendan Gleeson is not on Instagram. So it's not clear who she's talking to, but she eventually balks at the fee Brendan Gleeson uh, is going to charge to be <laughs> at this, um, to be in one of their protests. Stress again, Brendan Gleeson is not on Instagram. There are several people pretending to be Brendan Gleeson on Instagram, so it's possible she was talking to them. That sounds like they were having a good laugh at her expense then. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's not clear what happened there, but it was it's certainly an odd exchange. Are there any other talking points then in this Telegram group besides Brendan Gleeson and a dislike for foreigners? Yeah, I mean, COVID conspiracy theories abound. They really hate the government, unsurprisingly. And, you know, Leo Varadkar would come in for uh, a lot of abuse, occasionally very, very homophobic and racist abuse. But even more hatred is directed towards Sinn Féin, towards Mary Lou MacDonald, who they see as a traitor to the Irish cause, they really, really despise Sinn Féin. And that's a team we've seen in other kind of, at these anti-immigration protests, they're very angry Sinn Féin hasn't come on to their side. OK, well, let's listen to some of that anger, Connor, because we have audio of one of the videos that was posted to the private Telegram group. We're about to hear one member of the group encouraging others to attend a protest that was held outside a hotel on a Thursday night last week where asylum seekers were being housed and because he had learned there was going to be a counter-protest by left-wing politicians. There's a protest outside at 6 o'clock, 6pm tomorrow. Um, this many crusties, the left, Antifa, uh, Dino Kenny, the sewer rat, has put a call out for them to be there tomorrow. So we're going to need all the numbers we can. So 6 o'clock, be there, please. Just to drown these little rats out. Thanks very much, folks. See you then. 
So you can really hear there the level of hatred towards the people they feel are on the other side of this issue. Uh, people like Gino Kenny, the people before Profit TD who organised that anti-racism protest um, outside the Red Cow in uh, on Thursday last week. And you mentioned there are explicitly violent posts as well. It's a theme throughout these chats that some members I feel unguarded enough to uh, speak in explicitly violent terms. To give you a couple of quick references, the 160 C-words need to be dragged out of the doll post one guy. That's on the milder end of things in reference to the uh, TDs in the doll. Another speculates what colour will be pouring out of the brains when they get a bullet in it. Um, and, and that was a person who was obsessed about a Dublin bridge being lit up in Ukrainian colours. Another said that anti-racism march in Dublin should have been carpet bombed. And it was an interesting exchange between one member who was actually really dispirited about their movement. He said they weren't making any progress and that protests aren't, aren't doing anything and they need to take more proactive measures. He says the movement needs guns and men. Another guy comes in talking about how the Irish used to be good at partisan war, he says, you know, guerrilla warfare. And if we can't win with protests think about partisan war so you know there's that kind of team going throughout it and again no one is kind of saying that's a bit much you know that's a bit of a weird thing to say uh it's kind of let pass hmm. do we know to what extent these views are representative then of the members of the new political party you know as he said at the outset there must be at least 300 of those for the party to even have been registered in the first place no we don't we don't know so there's 142 people in this group as you said, they claim to have 300 members, at least they've handed in 300 names on a, on a sheet to the registrar. We can't say that these views are necessarily representative, uh, but we can say they're rife in this particular group. Like looking at Derek Bly's videos, you know, he will rail against immigration. He will sometimes say incredibly inflammatory things, really horrible things about immigrants and asylum seekers and refugees, but he doesn't use particularly violent rhetoric so it seems to be he's focused on making some electoral gains, maybe establishing the party as as a, a sensible right-wing party, you know, a party in favour of controlled immigration, something that people could vote for if they had concerns about the current levels of immigration. So that's, I think, it's quite interesting, the uh, contrast between the party's uh, policy literature, which is public and for all to see, and the discussions in these this private group. Okay, well, let's listen to a video that was posted to the, to the group and it was originally live-streamed by Derek Bly. So it, it's Derek Bly who turned up at what he thought was going to be a protest against deportations taking place. But according to him, there was no one there. And here he is talking about why he disagrees with this non-existent protest. Stop all deportations, first of all. Because how, like, how can you stop all deportations? What if... What if somebody like comes into our country who's a rapist, who, who rapes or has raped? We've very, very few deportations in this country. There's deportation orders issued, but what we do in this country, rather than uh, deporting them, we ask them to deport themselves. You know, the vast majority of people aren't going to go anywhere. They're going to you know, stay put and keep um, raping the country uh, and keep raping our women and children. But 
You know, that's what the Irish government has done. So, Connor, whatever anyone thinks about deportation, and, and there are many people in the country who want the government to take a strong line on deportations, but whatever anyone thinks about that issue, the rhetoric about immigrants raping the country and our women and children, that is extreme. You'd have to hope there isn't a very receptive audience for that among the electorate. Yeah, and I suppose this is the question we have to ask ourselves as well as journalists, you know, how much exposure should we give to parties like this uh, or activists like this when the far right has historically never been able to gain much of a foothold in Ireland and certainly not in recent decades. It was interesting, a recent poll had a majority of people in favour of a ban of protests outside accommodation centres. You know, in other words, thought it was very distasteful to be protesting outside where someone is sleeping and living. Um, But then you also had large numbers in favour of some sort of cap on immigration. And I imagine there's a pretty big crossover there. So most people are, you know, in the middle on this sort of stuff. And that makes it very, very hard for, for groups like Ireland First to break through. We've already got registered far-right parties. We've got the National Party and the Irish Freedom Party. So they're already taken up a good bit of that space. And neither of them have ever been able to return a candidate, uh, either at local level or national level. Uh, Now, will that change in the next uh, local elections? That's not clear. You know, will this anti-immigration sentiment crystallise into electoral support? There's a little bit of anecdotal evidence that these anti-immigration protests have peaked. Certainly that protest, we listened to Kev asking people to turn up outside the Red Cow last week. Those protesters were outnumbered by the uh, anti-racism protesters. But again, that's anecdotal. It could easily come back up again and and rear its head again. But the other thing to note is it's really not clear how uh, sophisticated uh, Ireland First electoral strategy is, especially compared to kind of the other more experienced far-right parties. And just to give an example, like one email that I was talking about, trying to get candidates to run in the local elections, uh, it gets the year wrong for the local elections. It says they're in May 2023, and, uh, and of course they're not until 2024. Conor Gallagher, thank you very much for joining us. That's it for today. For full access to Irish Times journalism, subscribe now. Go to irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Wednesday.